This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Welcome to Carbon Sessions. I'm Leaky. And as we are about to step into the new year, we are bringing you another special rebroadcast. Today, we dive into the second part of our discussion with Josh Spodek, a leader in environmental advocacy and personal change who landed a segment in The Daily Show. If you want to find out why, you can listen to the previous episode. In this segment, Josh shares deeper insight into his journey of personal transformation and environmental responsibility, challenging conventional notions about sustainable living and climate action. Josh believes that the key to systemic change lies in individual transformation. That is why his work also includes coaching high-profile leaders like C-suite executives from major polluting companies or politicians to cultivate a deeper sense of environmental responsibility in these influences because their actions can create significant ripples through their positions of power. Have you had experiences with some people and, and sort of can you share some of those with us of people who may not be themselves in a place where they're they're intrinsically motivated to go try and forge a new trail and experiment themselves? Can you talk to a little bit of that? One comes to mind. There's like the people I want to lead are going to be the people who can make the biggest difference. So these are going to be C-suite executives at major polluting companies politicians, elected officials, also uh, people in culture, singers, athletes, uh, movie stars, television stars. These are the people that are the most effective role models. And there's one executive at this oil company, and I can't say who it is and I can't say where it is because we have a working relationship, but he, for the longest time, we were keeping in touch, but not really talking about energy and pollution, but I really wanted to work with him. And so I've developed something called the Spodek method, which is a, a way to work with someone to evoke their emotions and feelings and values around the environment in a supportive, non-judgmental way, and then lead them to come up with a way for them to act on those emotions, on what the environment means to them. And this is a very different, subtle, but critically different thing than to say, here's what you have to do. It's what do you like to do? And how can you do something like that relevant to the environment? And by making it meaningful in that way, because they're acting on their values, not what the New York Times tells them they're supposed to do or Greenpeace tells them that they're supposed to do, then big or small doesn't matter because they're going to like it and they're going to do it more. 
So he was resisting. I kept saying to him, let's do the Spodek method because I think once you do it, you'll really appreciate the way that I work and you'll like doing more. And he was like, no, 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 no. So we keep the conversation going. And at one point he talks about visiting a relative and he sees something that he had read about that he hadn't seen with his own eyes. And that was that near this relative, it was his grandmother and, and there was a forest near her where he used to play as a kid. And it didn't get cold enough in the winter. And there was a beetle that could continue to grow that normally would not grow because of the cold. And the beetle had just eaten up this whole forest. So I haven't seen a picture of it, but it sounds like it was just stumps, acres and acres of stumps. And he was heartbroken because it was something as a kid. And so even though this was an, a statement of something that mattered to him, and I walked him through the Spodek method without asking him, but since it was out there, I could work with it. And he decided that the way he would act on this was that he takes a walk in the park near where he lives. What he committed to was to pick up litter in that park to keep it a little cleaner. And it evolved in the month or so that he was doing it, I think. I forget exactly how long he was doing this, to involve his daughter. And his daughter started, uh, when he would go to the playground with his daughter, they would pick up litter together. And people around them at first were like, what's wrong with you guys? And then eventually they started picking up litter too. And it became something between him and his daughter that was fun. So this is not an obligation. This is not, in, in his mind, he's doing something that he enjoys, partly in reaction to the, the magnitude of the feeling he had when he saw the, the wrecked forest. Then because of this, he starts saying, all right, let's bring you into the company now. Let, and he's, he works with people in the C-suite of one of the major oil companies in the world. And in order to bring a new leadership coach, it has to go through several steps. They have a lot of internal leadership coaching and a lot of inner practices. So we have to present how I work for their internal review to make sure that it works. And we're working on creating this presentation. We're using past presentations of things that have worked and the usual corporate stuff. And the, the, the method, by the way, is in corporate speak would be, this is a mindset shift followed by a process of continual improvement. And I start with a mindset shift with the Spodic method. And then the continual improvement is, you know, we always overestimate, not always, but we tend to overestimate what we can do in a day, but underestimate what we can do in a year. And so lots of these little changes add up to a lot in one person if you keep doing it, right? You can't just do one thing and stop. Anyway, we get to doing this presentation and are reforming it. And in the presentation, we're putting all these numbers and how it works and past clients and things like that. And then he puts in, he says, here's this picture. And it's a picture of his daughter at a playground. And she's standing there with a big smile on her face and she's holding up a piece of litter. He said that we were at the playground together and she saw a piece of litter. She was on the monkey bars or whatever. And she just runs over and picks up the litter. And she's so happy that she's got it. And that goes into the presentation because what's going to make this work at the company is not the numbers. The oil company knows, they know the numbers better than anyone. They know what works, what doesn't work and so forth. What they don't know is that when they do this, they, the executives are going to connect with their kids more. They're going to love the experience on a human level. That is something that you can't fake. I can say to someone, you're going to like doing this because it's going to bring you closer to your family. It's going to bring you closer to everyone in the world. It's going to connect you. You know, 
most people think, oh, if I can't fly, I'm not going to get to go see Machu Picchu. I'm not going to get to see all these different cultures and I'm not going to see my mom on the other coast and things like that. But when we see that taking others into account for everything that we do, because every, the pollution, you pollute the air, you pollute everyone's air, we're all connected in this way. That's a beautiful thing. That's not a burden that I have to take into account. Oh, every time I do something, I have to think about every other person on the planet. That's glorious. And now he could show that from his personal experience. And you might say, well, picking up litter in the park is not a big deal. Well, I'm going to be talking. Well, we can't be for sure, but it looks like I'll be on a path toward talking to the C-suite of a major oil company. That could be some pretty big change. And that's why I don't think that you can get there without genuinely, authentically living the values and enjoying them. Actually, if I go back to that first time when I was avoiding packaged food for a week, there was a part of me that wanted to hate the experience, that wanted to feel miserable and realize if the cure is worse than a disease, I would take the disease and just say, well, if we go down, we go down, but at least I'll have fun enjoying the... I, I kind of wanted that to happen because it would have been so much easier just to say, I throw up my hands. What can I do? Only governments and corporations can make a difference. I can't make a difference. But that was wrong. It's a much better life living humble to nature than... There's a quote that came from Abraham Lincoln. I, actually, I got to say, because video uses so much power, I'm reading a lot more books these days because I'm not hmm. watching videos. And I've read two biographies of Abraham Lincoln. And both, great. I can't believe I've made it this long without learning more about our 16th president. Well, America's 16th president. I'm American. And it's, I'm not going to say it word for word, I, but it says, the worst thing you can do to yourself is to do something that you know is wrong. Once you do something you know is wrong, you have to convince yourself why it's okay. You have to suppress and deny and twist yourself up inside. And it's, I mean, Lincoln knew what happened when people did that. But we have a culture built on polluting, knowing that we're polluting, knowing that it's wrong, and internally twisting ourselves up to say why, oh, our, you know, the plane was going to fly anyway. Or what I do doesn't matter. Or only governments and corporations can make a difference on the scale that we need. It twists us up. It, that is not worth it. And I could only have found that out by actually living this way and finding the glory in it. I don't know if I've gone too off, too off topic or too aside. Too, no, too no. Too I, many sidebars. I, th I think this is beautiful. And, and we're, we're, that's what conversations are all about is figuring out and finding out where they go. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.